That was I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by you 2 And before that, God is a River, Peter Mayer. And Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. And before that, you heard Jez's show, Sonic Tapestry. And this is Eco Faith on the Air on Two Triple B Mountains to Sea. It's the first Eco Faith on the Air for 2019, but um, a bit of a momentous show for us because it's actually the last ever Eco Faith on the Air. So after approximately 100 shows and three and a half years, this is our final time together. So we have tonight our panel. So we have Jessica Morthorpe and in the studio, Jason John from Uniting Earth Ministry. We have Byron Smith from St George's Anglican Church, Paddington. And we have Jackie Raymond, one of the co-founders of the Global Catholic Climate Movement and me, Miriam Pepper from Uniting Eco Group, Uniting Earth Web as well. So really glad to be joining you. And this is the last time that we will all be catching up together. So, a sad one in a way, but hopefully a good one. So, yeah, we'll, we look forward to sharing the next hour or so with you. So, as we usually do in our panel show, we spend a few minutes catching up and it's been a couple of months now. And, of course, we've had uh, much of the summer and the Christmas season in between and Advent. So, yeah, let's catch up a little bit about what we've been up to and how about starting with you, Jason, in the studio there tonight. Uh, sure. Thanks, Miriam, and g'day, everyone. Um, yeah, well, uh, Jess and I, as the Uniting Earth Advocates in the Uniting Church, uh, have been moving slowly over to Uniting, uh, the kind of uh, service agency which does a lot of the advocacy work for the Uniting Church. Um, and uh, we've met our new boss, Emma Maiden. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of feeling our way into a new advocacy team uh, which is uh, quite exciting. And uh, having met people face-to-face now, living up here in Bellingen as I do, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities for the near future that we might talk about a little bit later on. Excellent. And how about you, Byron? Yeah, well, coming to the end of a uh, another record hot January here at Sydney, um, breaking the record set just two years ago in 2017, or maybe equaling it. Um, it's a bit touch and go these last couple of days. Good to see us. Uh, fall over the line, which has made uh, the summer holidays uh, with the kids a little bit less energetic than it might otherwise have been. But we've had a really nice time together and it's great to watch them growing up here at church at St George's. We've got a few staff changes with our rector uh, being seconded this year to the National Synod to work on the um, Anglican response to the Royal Commission into institutional uh, child abuse. Um, as well as uh, some exciting new additions to the staff. A good friend of ours, Brooke Prentice, who is an Aboriginal Christian leader and a uh, woman um, who's been uh, working with Common Grace and uh, the Grass Tree Gathering, um, is going to be coming to join our staff team. Um, she's also going to be doing some other exciting things around Sydney. Um, but that's that's a exciting news for us because Brooke, uh, we've known for a few years and worked with her largely online and occasionally face-to-face, um, but she's actually going to be coming and living with us here on site in Paddington. Um, and, uh, yeah, she arrives tomorrow, so that's quite exciting for us um, here. And we're, we're looking forward to a few changes at church that, um, yeah, we're excited about continuing trying to connect with the local community and help the local community connect uh, both with God and with the rest of creation in uh, a life of flourishing and faith. Sounds wonderful, Byron. Yeah, and welcome to Brooke. 
Yeah. Jessica, how about you? Um, yeah, it's been a busy period. Uh, we've decided to move house. Um, so we've been doing all of the visiting various apartments and trying to find somewhere new to live. Um, and we have, so now we get the, the fun task of um, moving all of our stuff. And <laughs> I've told my husband next time we move, it needs to not be in summer. So we did it uh, two years ago um, and it was, was similar weather. So I'm, I'm not looking forward to it again. <laughs> well, I hope that all settles down soon, Jess, with the move. Yeah. And Jackie, how about you? Well, I've just had uh, about seven and a half weeks with two kids on holidays. So it's been a really interesting time uh, free-falling with them, visiting family in uh, Melbourne and hanging out with cousins down there was fun, spending some time in the Alpine country around Threadbow, which was really nice and cool compared to some of the areas around. Canberra was stinking hot, but the kids always love Questacon. And uh, spending some time down on the south coast of New South Wales by the beach, which was really lovely with um, about 28 members on my husband's family side for his mother's 80th birthday. So it's been a really, uh, I guess, action-packed seven and a half weeks. And this week, both the kids returning to school means there's a, a change of routine. It's an opportunity to settle into some work as well, which has been really great. And tonight I've just come from my parish in St Mary's Manly where there's some good planning going on for Lent um, and some programs coming up and I've been involved with some GCCM meetings and there's a lot happening in that space globally where of course there's been World Youth Day in Panama that's just finished and uh, La Data C was a big presence there which was really exciting. We had the world's uh, largest hug on stage happened just before Pope Francis came out for the Mass. So that was all about the deep interconnectedness of everything. So that giant hug. And um, there's a whole lot happening with the focus on the Amazon this year and the voice of Indigenous people globally. So it's going to be a great one, I think. And I'm getting ready for some research of my own. So, yes, a new phase of life. Jackie, how many in the world's biggest hug? I don't know how many there were. I'm waiting to hear the report, but I, I saw some photographs taken of um, some of my colleagues who were laughing because they'd never been so up close. We're usually on virtual Zoom calls around the globe when we meet and they were literally, you know, armpit to armpit kind of hugging. So I'll, I'll find out how many. I'm sure it'll be reported at some point. Very good. Yeah. Yes, and I, a big thing since we've last been on the show together, my office, NCLS Research, has moved from North Sydney to Waterloo. So I am now uh, working in the same parish as I live, oh. basically. So that's, that's quite a big change um, for me. So we're settling into that 
that new office there uh, in Waterloo and otherwise uh, so I had some time in Newcastle with family over Christmas and uh, got away for a few days as well down to Bundanoon, the southern highlands of New South Wales um, and did some bushwalking in Morton mm. National Park uh, which was very lovely, hot and humid um, as well but but uh, very lovely to get away from uh, for a few days and otherwise uh, yes certainly sweltering through summer this January in Sydney but summer is in many ways a good time to be in Sydney a little bit quieter a little bit less hectic although perhaps I'm noticing it more this year because I walk to work now not many Sydney siders can say that but um, I'm fortunate to now be in that position so other than that, uh, certainly I think the new year is now well and truly started for me after the public holiday. Things are getting moving. Uh, so with changes at Uniting Earth Ministry, Jason mentioned and Jess uh, and various groups I'm connecting with uh, getting started again for 2019. So yeah, looking forward uh, very much to a good year. So uh, listeners, if you're joining us, uh, listening to 2BBB tonight, 93.3 and 107.3 FM, perhaps you'd like to post to our Facebook page uh, any comments you have and we'll do our best to respond to them as we're online. Or if you're listening to us via podcast, leave us a message on the Facebook page and we'll get back to us as well. So then as we look back on around about 100 shows and three and a half years here at EcoFaith on the Air, I thought we might have a bit of a chat about the last four-ish years for us uh, in the ministry that we do variously in our different parts of the state and in different areas with the churches and beyond and what the highlights of those have been for us. So I'm wondering if uh, Byron... Would you kick us off with that? So a highlight in your work in ministry over the last four-ish years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's uh, sort of the obvious pick for me over the last few years has been finally, uh, after far too long, completing my PhD. Um, but associated with that um, has been, I guess, all the opportunities that I've had to talk about that topic and the, the chance in many different contexts uh, to have all kinds of interesting conversations at everything from one-on-one -on -one up to much larger groups, uh, talking about how we respond emotionally to a, a warming and degraded world, uh, how that makes us feel and the, some of the really uncomfortable emotions that arise as a result of that, the grief and the anger and the horror and the anxiety, uh, and just really being able to sit with people, walk with people, hear their responses to it um, and help, I think, maybe help a few people realise that they're not so alone in those feelings uh, and that those feelings aren't something to be embarrassed about but are actually quite healthy and natural and normal for us as something that we love is suffering and uh, worsening and being harmed uh, and that they can become a source of renewal and energy and illumination as we seek to uh, open ourselves to really feeling the plight of our world and the plight of our neighbor uh, and all those who are suffering under the ecocidal machine 
that's dismantling our world piece by piece as, as we uh, sit here and watch it happen before us. So that in, in a sense, it's a privilege that I've got to do something that's also been quite painful. Um, but that for me really has been uh, a highlight of the last few years, not just the academic achievement of having finished the PhD, but really the conversations that that has led into. Thanks, Byron, and I'm sure, you know, much more to come as you continue to, to develop that work as well. Uh, how about you, Jason? Uh, gee, yeah, it's uh, hard to pick one, isn't it? Um, oh, look, I'll say this show, that's an easy one. Uh, you've already stolen some of my stats from me. But, uh, yeah, you know, over four years, 111 podcasts. Um, I had a look and we've had nearly 6,500 listeners uh, just on the um, SoundCloud. So add into that all our local listeners on radio and those that have been streaming on 2BBB.net.au. Um, and yeah, it's been quite a crowd out there. It always feels a bit strange talking out into space. But um, yeah, we've had some good feedback over the years. Uh, 60 people listened on SoundCloud this month, which is pretty impressive given that we haven't actually had a show for about three months, I don't think. Um, so uh, yeah, I think this show is a highlight. Um, uh, when I told the station manager or one of them that we're not continuing, he was sad to see us go and said he's been enjoying the show. Um, so now, of course, I'm second guessing the decision <laughs> to finish the show. I don't know if it's just like one of those messy breakups where you can't quite walk away from each other. But um, uh, <laughs> so, so who knows, listeners, we might continue on in some different form somehow. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think this, uh, this show has been a highlight and the other goes we've had at using different technologies to make these kind of conversations available to people around Australia and in regional areas. Um, I guess the uh, the um, e-conferences on the Bible and ecology and Christ and creation and uh, hope and action being, you know, another example of trying to do that. Um, so, yeah, try to, messing around with technology uh, in community has been fun. Uh, we're on 2BBB, Mounts to Sea. This is the last show of EK Faith on the Air. And we have our panel tonight uh, joining together and celebrating our final show. So thank you, Jason, for sharing with us some of the highlights throughout the last four-ish years. How about you, Jess? What's been a highlight for you? Yeah, um, like Jason said, it, it's hard to pick just one. Um, but I think something that really inspired me uh, was the Inspiracy Conference, um, Inspiracy 2, A Climate for Change, um, because I sadly wasn't around for the first Inspiracy Conference, um, but we got to be involved with the second one. Um, and just seeing uh, Adamstown uniting um, and Merriweather uniting in Newcastle and the amazing work that they did pulling together that conference um, and all of the different angles, the art, the theology, the workshops, the amazing food, um, everything about it was just so, so creative. And I, I loved the way it really brought environmental issues alive um, as a theological topic um, in so many ways. and. Um, yeah, I was really inspired and honoured to be involved and really, really excited um, to see congregations taking leadership like that. Um, you know, part of our role is trying to uh, 
support and build capacities in congregations um, to care for God's creation. And so there's nothing better than, than seeing the congregations doing amazing things themselves. Thanks, Jess. That's, yeah, really inspiring. Jackie, what about you? Well, it's probably pretty predictable what I might say. Um, I guess in some ways, you know, this work um, that's a life ministry of ecological conversion reached uh, a real summit in the last few years when Laudato Si came out. And what has come from that and what that has created in terms of community development um, around the globe, actions, awareness, um, campaigns, programs, conferences, it's just ongoing, whether it's new hymns being written, um, it's, it's just huge. And I'm just so grateful for what it's created and what it's continuing to create because it does still feel like it's the beginning of this movement, this change, this momentum that's building and continuing to get stronger and stronger. So I think for me, all the conversations that that's, you know, broad route and um, the, the shift in consciousness, the actions, it's been truly superb to be alive at this time and be a witness to that and continue in some small way that work. So, yeah, that's brought great joy to me. What an inspiring show. This is our last, last show to hear about all these experiences. Um, for me, a particular event during that time, uh, it would be, and it was in late 2015, I think, um, was the People's Climate March, mm. which happened different cities in Australia, cities and towns in Australia and uh, many places in the world. So that was a very large march in Sydney and saw a very diverse group of people um, gathering around the time of the Copenhagen climate talks. Uh, I think Copenhagen, Paris, I think it was Copenhagen. Paris. It was Paris. Paris. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, a diverse group um, with more people involved who had not been before. And certainly in terms of uh, the churches involved and the church people connecting in with that was bigger than we'd seen before. And particularly, uh, from Pacific Islands churches and for me to be a part of that in some small way a part of helping with the organizing and then to be part of a service held at the Pitt Street Uniting Church and then walk together to the beginning of the march down in the domain in Sydney um, yeah, I was very moved by that opportunity of connecting that together and actually joining or, or commencing that march with a service of prayer and singing and lament, you know, as we did. Yeah, it still gives me shivers in some way, in some way, and probably more actually uh, as it becomes more in the realm of memory because there were stressful things about it too. But <laughs> that was really, I guess, a sign of tremendous goodwill of relationship building across difference. Um, so, you know, uh, across ethnic difference, across, you know, say, confessional difference, the the ecumenism involved in that as well is something, yeah, I was privileged to be a part of. Um, and I guess another thing 
I've really appreciated in the time we've been on the air too is I've been to five different Murray-Darling Basin trips. So, again, those opportunities, you don't come by them every day and to see many parts of the amazing Murray-Darling Basin, which, you know, sadly has been in the headlines again because of the mass fish deaths along the Darling River in the Menindee Lakes, um, very sadly in our consciousness at this time. But to know that I have more knowledge and I think hopefully empathy for those places um, yeah, is something that I, I take away take away from these few years. And finally, sorry, this is three things, but, uh, <laughs> is over the, over the three and a half years, I think my, I've had a growing role in facilitation um, in the ways that I'm part of the churches and other groups grappling with these issues is through uh, helping groups to to facilitate and you know plan and work together and discern um, together how they might be involved and what they're called. So yeah, much that I'm grateful for and inspired by and moved by in this period that we've been together and had the opportunity to, ref- to reflect on um, together as a panel as well. So as we often do uh, at EK Faith in, on the air with our panel, this is one last opportunity for us to share something with each other and with our listeners, um, a reading or a prayer or a song uh, that we would like to share at this final show and um, talk about. Jason, would you kick us off, please? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Miriam. Um... <laughs> Glad to, in case someone's pinched my reading, <laughs> so I'll get to do it first. Um, so I was looking again at Ecclesiastes, um, and partly because uh, a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago almost now, gee, um, when Uniting Earth was having one of its reviews, um, the facilitator read this reading to us, or parts of it, um, kind of as a way of putting things in perspective, I suppose. Um, So I just want to read you some of it with a little bit of commentary uh, interspersed in between. A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hurries to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Round and around goes the wind and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they continue to flow. All things are tiresome and more than any one can express. The eye is not satisfied with seeing or the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it is said, see, this is new? And I'd have to say that uh, I reckon climate change may well be one of those things for the first time in human history. Uh, humans are impacting the planet on a global scale. And Ecclesiastes continues uh, with a kind of ironic verse, given that we're still talking about Ecclesiastes two and a half thousand years or so later. The people of long ago were not remembered, nor will there be any remembrance of people yet to come by those who come after them. And he goes on to talk about the vanity of accumulating wealth, uh, which is something that would be great to uh, have pinned on the wall everywhere in the West, really. Uh, but then I want to finish with a bit that sounds really cynical, uh, but I actually don't think it is. Uh, it's, it's kind of a pretty decent mission statement, really, in some ways. There is nothing better for mortals than to eat and drink and find enjoyment in their toil. This I saw is from the hand of God. 
I know there is nothing better than for us to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we live. It is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. And it just made me wonder again about you know the, the image we have of, a, of the world as it could be. Uh, certainly this bit's just focusing on humanity. Uh, but uh, you know what would a world look like where everyone had work to do that was good and useful work and that they were able to take pleasure from uh, and that we uh, had the time to eat and drink and be merry and enjoy ourselves together. I actually think that would be pretty great. So uh, there's my reading. And if we get time later, I've got a uh, a very short poem that I might read out at the end. (laughs) Thanks, Miriam. Thanks, Jason. And just uh, going with the Ecclesiastes theme. And yes, thank you for thank you for going first. With that, I told myself that God tests us to teach us that we're just like the animals, for our fate and the fate of all living things are the same. As one dies, so dies the other. We all have the same breath and we have no advantage over the other forms of life. It's all a mist of air. We all go to the same place. All forms of life are from dust and return to dust. Who knows whether our soul really goes up while an animal's soul goes down. In short, I see there is nothing better than that we enjoy our work for this is our destiny. Who among us can see what will come after us? And I believe I might have actually shared that reading now at our inaugural show or uh, if not close then after. How about you, Jackie? I've got something from Hildegard of Bingen about the giver of life and the connection with fire because I feel like our themes over these years and what we've been talking about is summed up in some ways by the Anthropocene uh, apocalypse but it's also about uh, living in an age of that warming and that fire. So I, the highest of fire and fiery power, have kindled every living spark and I have breathed out nothing that can die. I flame above the beauty of the fields. I shine in the waters, in the sun, the moon and the stars I burn. And by means of the airy wind, I stir everything into quickness with a certain invisible life which sustains all. I, the fiery power, lie hidden in these things and they blaze from me. Short but sweet. Thank you, Jackie. Jessica. Yeah, uh, so I've got a poem from Mary Oliver. Um, Sadly, I've only just discovered Mary Oliver um, upon the occasion of her death. Um, But uh, on Facebook and other media, um, lots of people have been sharing her poems. Um, and I've just found, uh, I just love everything that I've seen from her. Um, so it's a shame I, I didn't find her earlier, but I'm very glad that I have now. Um, so this one is called In Blackwater Woods. Look, the trees are turning their own bodies into pillars of light are giving off the rich fragrance of cinnamon and fulfillment. The long tapers of cattails 
are bursting and floating away over the blue shoulders of the ponds. And every pond, no matter what is, no matter what its name is, is nameless now. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this, the fires and the black river of loss, whose other side is salvation, whose meaning none of us will ever know. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things, to love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. Oh, I've, I've really appreciated each of those uh, uh, readings people have shared, um, particularly struck by that line in the uh, Mary Oliver poem that Jess just shared, the black river of loss whose other side is salvation. Because uh, it relates to the reading that I've picked, um, thinking of endings as we're coming to the end of Eco Faith on the Air. Uh, I picked the uh, part of the Bible I was reading earlier this week, the final couple of chapters in the book of Revelation. Uh, and I was reading it again after um, hearing from a friend, uh, a good friend from overseas, who was speaking about his grief. And uh, he said something which struck me. He said, Grief is not always something we heal from. Sometimes it is something we heal into. A whole and healthy soul in this violent and broken world grieves more, not less. So that was my friend, Eric Clark. And, and uh, having heard him say that, I, I reflected on those final chapters of the Bible where there are a couple of remarkable images. One in the very last chapter, uh, there's a vision of a city that comes down to earth as the place where God, humanity and all creation dwell together in peace. And as part of that vision, through the middle of the city runs a river of life flowing from the throne of God. And this river then waters the roots of the tree of life, whose leaves bring healing to the nations. It's a rich and multi-layered image referencing numerous earlier moments in Holy Scripture. And it's set amidst a broader and more detailed series of pictures that imagine an ultimate divine victory and a renewal for all creation. Uh, and I, I thought of that river of life and um, was just sort of in a bit of speculative uh, musing, putting it together with, with an image from the chapter before about God wiping every tear uh, from every eye and, and an end to mourning and crying and pain. And my thought was, what if we take those two images together? What if we imagine for a moment the end of crying, not merely as its cessation, but also as revealing perhaps the ultimate purpose of tears and grief? And what if our tears are wiped away not so they can be cast aside as no longer necessary or as though we're being corrected for a mistake in grieving, but they're wiped away so that they can join with God's own tears in comprising the river of life. What if our grief today is a taste of that final purpose? And so what if our tears mingle with God's already in watering that tree whose leaves will one day bring healing to the nations? So it was just sort of a... Um, a meditation, I guess, I was engaging in um, re reflecting on some of those final images in scripture. Um, and it really spoke to me. Thank you, Byron. Thank you all. Would anybody like to respond uh, to anything there? We've just gone through each of us, obviously. And 
so much moving in there. And for me, uh, you know, it's, it has been a real central part of these shows together has, have, has been that reflective point right in the middle of the show. Yeah, I, I wanted to um, say one of the poems I was looking at was a Mary Oliver's Praying. And it's a great one because it's about letting go. And in many ways tonight, as panellists, we're letting go of, of what's been. And we've got to invite ourselves to do that in a way that's, you know, healthy and good and, and invite others to continue to do it as part of life. So here it is. It's short. It doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones just paying attention. Then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but the doorway open into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak. Appropriate for our eco-faith on air. Yes, and as we let go and, you know, start to enter into a different season, I guess, certainly for these uh, Wednesday evenings. Uh, what are we What are we looking forward to? What are we feeling excited about uh, in our work or ministry for, for this year and the times ahead? Jess, would you like to start? Uh, yeah, so um, Byron was talking earlier um, a little bit about his PhD um, and his excitement about finishing that. Um, so I'm, something I'm really, really excited about uh, is that Byron and I are working on pulling together a training day uh, for ministers and chaplains and pastoral practitioners and other church leaders um, around pastoral care um, in a context of climate change. So actually looking at, um, you know, we know that people are feeling increasingly anxious and depressed and suffering from existential dread and uh, things like solastalgia um, because our world is changing and it's changing rapidly and um, it's not really, doesn't seem to be changing for the good. Um, and that, yeah, causes us a lot of grief. Um, and so uh, what can our ministers and our leaders actually do um, in their pastoral care to help us all through that process? Um, and so I've been talking to lots of different um, psychologists, uh, eco-psychologists and experts in this area of the intersection between the environment and climate change and psychology. Um, and I've got some really, really great speakers who've um, not only agreed to come, but are actually really excited about it um, and excited that the church is um, looking to take a lead in this area um, and that once we train our ministers up, maybe they can train others in their communities as well um, so that we can help our whole communities through this difficult process. Um, so that's going to be on May 28th. Um, and if you're a church leader, please come. Uh, it'll be in Sydney. Um, and if uh, you're a member of a congregation, you want your minister to come to this. So please nag them and make sure it's in their diary. 
Thanks, Jess. And we'll put that link up on the Facebook page and other links uh, from tonight as well. What are you looking forward to, Byron? Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to a number of things, but the one I'll mention here is uh, I've just started a new project recently, which is a podcast of my own. Um, uh, it's called The Good Dirt, and it's a uh, news digest where I have a conversation with a different um, uh, conversation partner each episode, uh, and we each bring stories from the news that we've noticed that um, meet two criteria. First, they are of lasting significance or broad impact, not just uh, gossip or, um, you know, um, gaff or scandal um, uh, or sort of the passing news of the day, political horse race, uh, but something that affects a wide number of people um, or relates to the deep trends and changes happening in the world at the moment. And secondly, it might not have been on the front page. So it's kind of the news that you ought to have heard about, but which you might have missed. Uh, and so the idea is that we're composting the news, giving some of those stories that might be a bit more difficult uh, that you, you want to overlook, um, but giving them a bit of time, a bit of air, um, and seeing if they can turn into um, good dirt uh, and, and uh, be a place where new life might spring. So uh, I'm feeling quite excited about that. You can find that on iTunes, on Podbean, uh, on various other uh, podcast platforms. There's a Facebook page you can follow. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I think I've already mentioned to one or two other panellists that I would love each of you at some point to be a, a conversation partner with me on one of those episodes. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a way for me to uh, have good conversations with people I respect and care about, about issues that matter. And so I'm looking forward to that as something that I will actually enjoy doing, not just as something that's worth doing as well. Excellent. So the um, the dulcet tones of Byron and perhaps others of us to uh, continue. Uh, yes. J uh, Jackie, Jackie, what are you looking forward to? I have been preparing for some years with uh, a particular redemptorist father who now lives in Melbourne, who used to be a rector of a, the Catholic Church's biggest property in Australia, a conference kind of event retreat that's coming up uh, in March. It's on the 8th, 9th and 10th and everyone's welcome. It's at a place called St Clement's and it's an attempt to bring our churches together to provide dialogue and an Australian ecumenical response to Laudato Si. So we've got some great presenters and Jason John is one of them he'll be on our panel we've got Professor Ross Garno uh, Professor John Williams and uh, plenty of others and I'll put the link um, which has finally been put on the Redemptress website I'll send it to you Miriam to pop up it's um, the first weekend in Lent and it's deliberately going to open with a welcome to country and we'll be on Wiradjuri and Ngunnawal country. So it's an interesting boundary there. On the southwest southern slopes of New South Wales, there'll be multiple uh, ritual and liturgical events outside. There'll be a yarning circle as well at night. 
and there'll be some um, great cosmic walks and a visit to a farm that's nearby. So it's going to be a terrific weekend and uh, everyone's welcome, as I said. Looking forward to it. Excellent. I look forward to posting that up as well. Jason, what about you? Yeah, well, um, dare I say, I'm looking forward to a couple of elections uh, this year, um, a federal one in particular. Um, yeah, yeah, and I guess the hope that we might move from no climate policy to a climate policy that's at least half the way to where we need to be, uh, and then beyond the election, uh, trying to, uh, in collaboration with Common Grace and uniting and the uniting church and a whole bunch of other people uh, encourage whoever ends up being in power uh, and or industry to bypass them to get us to the uh, kind of emissions reductions we actually need um, uh, the Gloucester Sustainable Futures uh, festivals coming up again I think it's their third one uh, listeners might remember we've had some of the people from Groundswell Gloucester on the show over the years uh, the town that successfully said no to AGL um, and uh, so yeah it's always it, it's great to go down there and listen to a whole bunch of people talking about uh, a positive and renewable future. Uh, and I think, as I alluded to before, um, it's uh, yeah. There's a lot of opportunities uh, with moving into uniting. They're about to release the figures about the emissions reductions they've been making over the last few years. Um, and uh, I think particularly excited about the potential to say, well, this is how far they managed to get, uh, which I think is is. You know, pretty impressive for an organisation in the current political climate. Uh, but the scientists are saying this is where we need to get to and to kind of bridge that gap, we need decent policy from government. And so, you know, turning uh, their own sustainability actions into, um, you know, some kind of leverage for advocacy um, so that everybody's getting there and not just uh, one or two institutions. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so it should be an exciting year ahead. Thanks, Jason. I'm also looking forward to, well, I mean, the changes with what's happened with Uniting Earth Ministry and you know, where it's, I guess, institutionally located in the Uniting Church is also bringing uh, new opportunities for, I think, how we're doing things, various other of us who are active on these issues in the Uniting Church. And so I've come away from, you know, a meeting today and just the start of the new year feeling quite energized um, about that and about the possibilities to to rethink um, and to to view things through a lens of opportunity and a way to uh, a way to connect with the good things that are going on and to to support each other you know anew for many of us who've been doing this for quite some time now to be to be re-energized is really encouraging on on another level, I mean, I, I don't know if looking forward is the right term to use, but uh, the Murray-Darling Basin Royal Commission will hear the findings of that publicly quite soon. Um, and I, after so much anticipation and all that's been happening in recent years, and well, for a long time really, but it will be truth-telling. And so I... I guess I'm, I'm looking forward to, with some trepidation as well, but to, to those things being on the public record. I don't know, people we've had on the show here, EcoFaith on the Air, over the years as well have been connected in with that story. Um, yeah, indeed, if the South Australian government doesn't bury it, but can only bury it for so long, ultimately. 
And yeah, we know, yeah, with elections coming up this year, that's all a part of that story as well about how long it takes before we, we see that. But still, um, I think, you know, the, the instruments of our democracy, um, you know, however they can be used to, to speak the truth, whatever, you know, limitations have been put in the way of trying to get to the bottom of things. And that's been part of the story with, with that commission, hasn't it? Um, yeah, it will be, it will be so important. Yeah, you know, whatever happens. Yeah, Byron's just shared a comment in our little window uh, that you might like to say to the to um, all the listeners, Byron. Oh, it's a, a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Um, I was just reflecting on, you know, the, uh, uh, if, if the government do try to suppress it, the South Australian Liberal government, um, uh, you know, you were saying that it, it can't be suppressed for long. And it made me think of a quote that I've been discussing with my children recently from Martin Luther King Jr. And he said, truth crushed to earth will rise again. And it's, uh, uh, you know, I think, a, a, you know, you, you can't keep a, a, a powerful truth down. Yeah, I'm into that. Now, have I, have I remembered everybody to talk about what we're looking forward to? I think so. Yes. And it's just after 10 p.m. here on EcoFaith on the Air, and we started a little bit late tonight. So as we close out our final show with the panel after three and a half years of joining together every couple of months, this is an opportunity to share some, some final resources that we'd like listeners to know about. And we've tried to um, encourage each other and all of our listeners help each other feel connected into different opportunities and, and what is happening around the place in the churches and beyond. Uh, so our panellists, this is a, a last opportunity for us to do this. Jessica, you've mentioned an event there that's now posted up on the Facebook page. Anything else you'd like to mention? Uh, well, Miriam, if this is my last opportunity, then, then I can't resist uh, plugging the Five Leaf Eco Awards one last time. Um, as uh, our listeners probably know, um, this is an ecumenical environmental change program for churches that I founded over 10 years ago. We had our 10-year anniversary in November. Um, and, yeah, um, I love doing that and I love with working with churches and um, seeing the amazing things that they're doing for God's creation and being able to give them some awards as an encouragement on the way and an encouragement to go further. Uh, so please do visit our website, just Google Five Leaf Eco Awards um, and fill out the survey on the website and then I'll find out if I can give you an award. Excellent, so we post that as well on the Facebook page. Jason, what are you looking forward to? Whoops, uh, I mean, resources. There's <laughs> so many things to look forward to. Uh, yeah, look, I'd say, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to our fairly broken unitingearth.org.au uh, website recovering very soon. Um, no one's quite sure what the budget is for our ministry at the moment, which could be a good time to slip through um, a quote for website reconstruction. Um, but, yeah, so I'd just you know, point people there. Most of the things we've talked about tonight and other things that come up uh, we'll be connecting to there in some way. Uh, and also we have the uh, Uniting Earth New South Wales Facebook page where we kind of um, you know, post things about what's coming up and so on. 
um, yeah, and that has links to all the old podcasts on this show, the e-conferences and uh, various events like, yeah, like I said, the ones that have been mentioned tonight will be on there uh, hopefully in the next month. Thanks, Jason. Jackie, resources or resources to share or other events to, to plug? Sure. Um, well, there's a whole lot of resourcing that's been developed through the Global Catholic Climate Movement. So it's available on the website. We've launched a thing called La Data C Circles, which helps communities of small groups to focus on a theme each month to pray and to act in response. Um, we've got a whole lot of different initiatives that are emerging all the time. So I just suggest keeping in touch with that website. And um, I really have valued so much being part of this group. And I just want to thank Jason for the mammoth effort that he's gone to to make this happen as a podcast and live streaming and all the technical dimensions of getting into the studio and connecting cords and cables and everything else he's done and getting the sound right. Miriam, I want to thank you for being our amazing uh, host. You've guided us through the session so beautifully every time with great humour, with grace and with enormous intelligence. And I just thank you so much. And to the panellists that I've enjoyed learning from, I really want to keep in touch. I know I'm going to go into another land of PhD research, but um, I won't be forgetting about you and I'll be really happy to connect anytime. So please keep in touch. Thanks to all the listeners for tuning in. Thanks, Jackie. Byron, some final things to plug? Yeah, I... Uh... Uh, echo everything that uh, Jackie just said then and, and uh, all the thanks to uh, Jason and uh, Miriam um, and all the other panellists and, and to the audience. Um, uh, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't uh, also plug some of the things I've plugged a number of times before, uh, particularly Common Grace, um, a movement for Jesus and justice of Christians in Australia uh, with a focus on uh, creation and climate justice. Uh, as well as a number of other um, pressing complex um, issues of, of uh, uh, justice facing our land today. Uh, and then also, as I mentioned earlier, The Good Dirt, um, my new podcast, which has the first three episodes up, and I hope to get the, the next one up in the next week or two. Um, and then I hope for that to be semi-regular, at least every sort of two to three weeks-ish. Um, yeah, so thank you to listeners. Thank you to uh, all the other panel been a pleasure it has indeed been a pleasure and so thank you to and a shout out to mick pope who started on this panel as well um, in the very beginning so yeah um it was good to be on the panel on the show with you too mick if you if you're listening uh, and and jason there have been quite a few interviews over the period as well so mm. many many yes. people to thank too who, who've been part of that over time given given very generously um, of their time. Yeah, and actually, maybe I'll just say, you know, I'm hoping over the next little bit of time that we might be able to do a bit of curation of some of those 111 podcasts so that people don't have to flick all the way back through them on SoundCloud. Um, I mean, some that come instantly to mind of the series we did on Ladato C. Um, I, don't, I had a bit of a look around. I think maybe that's the only series out there in podcast land on it. Uh, we had some... 
uh, great uh, discussions over the years about uh, Pacific Island theology and the challenges of Pacific Island theology to uh, Western colonial theology. Um, yeah, we've, we've had heaps of heaps of people. There's probably you know a dozen uh, really great uh, podcasts that stand the test of time as well because a lot of them have been very topical uh, that we might be able to collate for people. Um, and I guess if you're listening and have listened <laughs> for much of the last four years on Facebook, you could tell us uh, what you think uh, ought to be there in that list. Oh, I think as the clock says 10 past 11, it probably might be time to go. You know, reflecting back on my own thesis, I remember my supervisor saying, you know, you've rabbited on for 100,000 words. 100,000 words, how on earth do you actually stop? <laughs> So I don't know that we're in our position, that position quite here tonight. But We've probably done 100,000 words. <laughs> well, it's a multiple of 100 shows, so... Yeah, we've easily sense. done 1,000 words a show. We've done heaps more than that. Yeah, but Jason, I will miss that, you know, on-air sign that sort of yeah. is always <laughs> orientated, like right next to your head <laughs> on these on these Zoom calls. <laughs> but, yeah, um, look forward to op- opportunities to connect with with listeners in other ways into the future and I know um, I've always appreciated like meeting listeners in different places which which does happen mm. yeah meet people who, who say that they listen to the show and appreciate the show so I'm sure like we're all really really glad that you know that's that's contributed um, and supported others you know as much as it's um, been helpful for us as well so uh, yeah as we close out the hour I think yeah what else can we say but but thank you very much um, and goodbye all. And it's been Eco Faith on the Air. You're on two triple B mountains to see. If I can remember the numbers, <laughs> 93.3 <laughs> and 107.3 FM. Well done. <laughs> yeah. and both it's the antennas are working you. again. <laughs> yeah, and I think, Jason, do you have a song to lead us out as well? Yeah, look, I've got a very short poem and then a song. I'm, Song-wise, I'm torn between two, uh, Slim Dusty's Traveller's Prayer, um, because listeners would know uh, that uh, Cliff used to be the show that uh, preceded us, and for all of the last four years, our show has kicked off with the Traveller's Prayer. Uh, But instead, I'm going to play Last Day of Our Acquaintance, um, because it is. (laughs) And I know the theme in that particular song by Sinead O'Connor is a bit grim, um, but I'm going to play it, one, because it's Sinead O'Connor, and I'm just going to play her for the last show. Um, and two, I thought maybe it's a salient warning to humanity uh, not to have that be the song that the earth sings to us uh, in a couple of centuries' time. Uh, but the poem, uh, I wrote this one on the train on the way back from Sydney, um, and it just the poem seemed a lot easier than actually trying to get involved with climate action around the election. Uh, it's my first footnoted poem. It's got 13 footnotes, but you'd have to go to Facebook to see them. And as a draft. Clive Palmer wants more emissions, the coalition too, admittedly not most of them, but Abbott and his crew. The new boss parades around with lumps to show how safe coal is, and their policy on their non-policy is to leave it as it is. Labor's set a target now, and just needs to work out how we'll get it done. But according to those who know, they need more ambition, if we're going to use what's fair in terms of global emissions. One nation says it's all bullshit, or that humans aren't to blame, and they'll probably get a seat or two, because they've learnt to play the game. The Greens are nearly as divided as the two big parties are, but their policies look sensible if they can get the balance of power. Without much stronger targets, the barrier reef is finished and get used to the stench of a million or more rotting river fish. 
Some say God gave us dominion, but we've been a pretty crappy boss, or that we're co-creators, but we sure have made a mess. Whatever metaphor you like, one thing is surely true. If you're 18, you're a voter with one clear job to do. Vote one for the earth this year and for future generations too. Thank you for that indulgence, everyone. And uh, I think we'll give Sinead O'Connor the last uh, five minutes of EcoFaith on air, possibly ever. Yeah. 